the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So Joe Biden says he's doing a phenomenal job as president. Uh, His economic policies are working, and you should be glad he's on the case. Uh, But is that how you feel? Uh, I'll be honest with you. That's not how I feel. Uh, I don't think things are better now than they were when he took over. And I'm loath to credit someone for incrementally lowering or diminishing a problem that he created. Like, would we have inflation if Joe Biden had not come into office and said, wow, cool. You mean I get the government checkbook now and I can spend trillions of dollars? Hey, that sounds like fun. Let me come up with a catchy name for something. Ooh, I like Build Back Better. That's what I like because Trump was orange man bad. Why don't I just give everybody more money, okay? And that is why we have inflation that is out of control. Remember when they told us, A, there wasn't going to be inflation. And then there might be inflation just a teeny tiny bit for a little bit of time, and then it would come back down. And then when it manifested itself and hung around, stubbornly, they were like, well, it's transitory. It'll go away soon. But it didn't go away soon. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, up to unprecedented 40-year highs. So now it has fallen about 2% from its apex and Joe Biden is telling everybody that everything is hunky-dory and that his plan is working. Here he is at the White House this morning. The decline in gas prices is giving consumers a break. They need helping them keep uh, our economy going. We have a, a two-car family. They're saving hundreds of dollars a month. It's a mm. big deal. Mm. They're saving hundreds of dollars a month. Well, uh, prices when you took over were two thirty-nine, and now, let's say they're $3 for sake of argument. Uh, that's 60 cents per gallon. I have a 13-gallon tank in my Mazda sedan that is eight years old and hopefully will keep on going because I certainly can't afford a new car in this economy or a used car in this economy. Uh, so that is 60 cents times 13 gallons is about eight bucks every single time I fill up more than I would have paid on the day he took office. My wife's van holds, let's say, 20 gallons. So that's about $24 every single time we fill it up. I, I try not to drive the truck that we have. Because that one really crushes me. But got to have a truck for landscaping needs and got to get hay for the horse and the like. Got three drivers in the family, need three vehicles. So, uh, no, I don't, I, I'm not rejoicing over the price of gas. But Joe Biden thinks uh, that I am or should be, and he thinks you should be as well. Today's report contains another piece of good news. Mm. Food inflation slowed last month, providing much needed relief for millions of families at the grocery store. This is welcome news for families across the country as they get ready for the holiday celebrations and for family dinners. But didn't you say, Bruce, in the last segment that food went up a half a percent? Yes, I did. I did say that. He's happy with that. Now, uh, maybe we are bulletproofed against this because of 
things Joe Biden has done. It did not appear so. Americans have been relying on credit card debt and using their previous savings. This I draw as a conclusion from the fact that that statistics show that households are saving 2.3% of their disposable income. This is real for my family. We're, we're struggling to save at the rate that we used to save. In fact, we're digging into savings more regularly than I would like, and certainly more than the CPA in the family would like. <clears throat> How much did we save before the lockdowns? Well, people typically save between 7 and 9% of their incomes. But since February of 2020, when the lockdown started, uh, we have had to dig into our savings because, of course, we did because they made us all stay home. Credit card rates are at a record high right now, and they are still increasing. How about auto loan rates? They are at an 11-year high. Home equity lines of credit are at a 15-year high. That used to be where you went if you had equity in your home. Okay, we need to buy a car. Let's go borrow 30000 Remember how long ago that was that you thought thirty thousand would get you a new vehicle? That's what we paid for our van in like twenty sixteen. I want to say tried to keep the tag under thirty. We're able to do it. Mm. Not anymore. Not anymore, my friends. Consumer borrowing and savings rates experts believe will continue to increase. Of course, you got no choice. You got to pay bills. Winter's coming. Heating. Bills are going to go up. Oh, and by the way, I spent a lot of time reading reading about housing prices and preparing for my show with Josh Pick on Friday, the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Experts in the housing industry expect home values to fall 20%. 20%. So you got equity in your home. It's a great thing. You're going to have less equity in your home. You're planning to use your home equity line to borrow to send your kid to college or pay off their college or buy a car. Or it's going to cost you more. It's going to cost you a lot more in interest rates. Of course it is because the Fed is meeting tomorrow. And, I mean, given what Joe Biden had to say at the White House today, does that mean that Jerome Powell is going to be moved to get the Fed on board a massive interest rate cut? No. They're going to raise interest rates tomorrow, the predictions are, by half a percentage point. Now, half a percentage point would be an astronomical increase in interest rates, if not for the fact that over the last four months, or four meetings, each time they've raised the rate three-quarters of a point. They had never raised the interest rate three-quarters of a point in three consecutive months. They did it in three consecutive months, and then they did it in four consecutive months. That, to me, sounds like an emergency situation, but not if you listen to the president. Everything is fine. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate, which is what we all used to get on our homes, has more than doubled and in some cases almost tripled. That's an outgrowth of the Fed raising rates to try to get inflation under control. Home mortgage rates were near 7% at one point. They've now fallen down to about 6.3. And really, that's where they needed to be all along. We got used to not paying. It's not just, just not logical that you could borrow a huge sum of money and not pay a semi-decent interest rate on it. You're supposed to pay for the privilege of being able to borrow money you don't have at the moment to buy something you could not afford if you could not borrow the money. But for years and years and years and years and years, 
we were allowed to borrow money at essentially next to nothing. And we just pushed the inflation problem down the road. Well, now it's here. And it's much more significant than the president wants to make it seem. Of course it does because he created it. And if he were to own it, well, that would reflect poorly on him, as it should. It's also important that we put today's news in a broader context. When I took office, we inherited a nation with a pandemic raging and an economy that was reeling. Is that true? No, that is not true, Mr. President. Was the pandemic raging or was the pandemic almost over? And did he have therapeutic drugs, an additional year of scientific research, and vaccines that had been prepared? And if they had been restricted to or recommended only for the most immunocompromised and the elderly? Well, the we pandemic numbers better. were still up there, but but the the whole idea I and the and the economy the economy was ready to roar back if he just didn't touch it. Yes, hot burner correct. on the stove. Don't touch it, mm, Joe. Mm, Don't mm. touch it, Joe. We acted quickly and boldly to vaccinate the country and to put a, in place a, a new economic strategy. Uh, yes, the new economic strategy was. Spend your way out of debt. I saw today the national debt is past 249, what is it, billion, trillion? (laughs) Our national debt is at an all-time high. The new and bold economic strategy was, let's, we're in debt? Oh, let's spend more. Let's devalue our currency more. A strategy built on an economy that was based on from the bottom up and the middle out. Yeah, I wish somebody would kick his bottom up and get him out of office. We're two years away from that. How much more damage can he do? Mm. That's rhetorical because I really don't want to contemplate an actual answer to that question. So if you were thinking today that the inflation number 7% would worry him, uh, it does not. It emboldens him. And hopefully now that the House has the purse strings, the spending will stop. We are in the midst of what they call a lame duck session in the Ohio General Assembly. What that means is people who were either defeated in the November election or who are concluding their particular term of service, whether in the House or Senate, and will not be back in 2023, still have the opportunity to make laws in what's left of 2022 that will apply in 2023 and going forward. And I am hoping that we get two things done at least two things, by this lame duck session of the Ohio General Assembly. I'd love to get the backpack bill done. That won't happen until 2023. It better happen in 2023. But one thing that might happen is we might get the Protect Women's Sports Act or what survives of it. So high school boys and junior high boys would not be allowed to play junior high and high school girls sports. That would be a good thing. And the other thing that looks like it might happen is that Ohio might become I think it's the ninth state to require, I said require, photo ID to vote. Now, I'm a big proponent of photo IDs to vote because I think it makes it hard to cheat. If you show up with a photo ID that is not you, then there's very little fallback if you are caught to say, well, I, you know, I don't know. 
you presented a photo that was not you purporting it to be you. You were intentional in committing voter fraud. You're going to go to jail. But there are those who do not like photo, photo, uh, photo ID laws, although not very many people do not like them. Nationally, what percentage of people do you think, Pam, approve of voter ID laws? They want a voter ID law. I'm going to say 80%. You got it. Did you read the story? Thank you. No, I did not. 80%. But my question is, as far back as I can remember, they've asked to see my ID. I know. They ask at my polling place as well. So, But it's not technically a law in Ohio? It is not technically a law. It is in Arkansas, Georgia. North Carolina. Indiana, Kansas. They're not on my list. Missouri, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. Yeah. North Carolina, okay. they passed it a couple of years ago, I believe. So where did this come from, this push for voter ID laws? Well, it came about from a bipartisan commission in 2005 who was on the bipartisan commission. Former President Jimmy Carter, Democrat, yeah, and former Reagan White House Chief of Staff James Baker. Okay, Not the same James Baker who uh, lied about the Russia collusion hoax and tried to uh, foul with the Twitter files release here a week or so ago. It's another James Baker. So photo ID laws, the critics say, discriminate against, and this is a riot to me, students, the elderly, and the poor. Students? Like, let's presume you're a college student. You don't have a student ID at your school? Like, I remember standing in line at Morrill Tower to get my student ID. I remember I used to have to show my student ID everywhere. Now at Ohio State, everything's like on a card. Money, go buy stuff at the union, this, this, and that. You tell me they don't have a photo ID at Ohio State? That's nuts. Of course they do. They do at Otterbein. They do at Ohio Wesleyan. They do it everywhere. The elderly? The elderly don't have photo IDs? Like they don't, they haven't driven a car their whole life? What's the percentage of people who don't drive cars? It's got to be minimal. Say very small. Very but, small. But there, there are people who don't drive. But you can get a photo ID. Yes. What is, what is obvious from this is that the state will establish a state approved ID if you don't have the ID that most of us have, which is an Ohio driver's license. So I always feel like the people who are opposing voter ID laws are people who are looking for a reason and grasping at straws to oppose them. I'm not sure which side of the camp Rick is on. Maybe he has a thought on another topic. 844-TALK-989. Let's welcome Rick to the show. Hello, Rick. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Oh, I heard you talking. This is more of a joke than anything else, but uh, the sugar cookie being the state cookie. Say again. Say again. The sugar cookie becoming the state cookie is in the... Up before the lame duck session, I just thought that was. Are you serious? Right. Are you making a yes. joke? <laughs> yes. No. No. So it we is, will have a state cookie. Well, we have a state rock song. Thank uh, you. You know, I didn't know why, but apparently it was something that um, some third graders were. They wanted them to learn about legislature, so they thought that would introduce them to the process. But mm. apparently, our legislators are fighting over the ingredients. So I guess that is a good lesson. Very good. Thank you, Rick, for bringing that to our attention. I uh, I got to say, if I have to vote for a state cookie, I'm voting for the chocolate chip cookie. 
I was just thinking that, too. I mean, the sugar too. cookie is pretty sugar racist. Sugar cookie's good, but... The sugar cookie, pretty racist cookie, right? chip. White mm. sugar on a cookie that's a typically a white cookie, that's pretty racist of the Ohio General Assembly. I think maybe a chocolate chocolate chip cookie would be more reflective of where we are as a culture right now. <laughs> a state cookie. Well, I knew, I knew we had a state bird. I honestly did not know we had a state rock song. What is our state rock song? Hang on, Sloopy. It is. Yeah, that was made official, I don't know, what, about 10 years ago or something. Yep, Hang on, Sloopy is the official rock song. So our official rock song is a one-hit wonder rock song. Uh-huh. I, I don't recall the whole story, but I believe that the the young lady that the song was written about was from Ohio. So that, that kind of ties it all together, okay. if, I rem- if I remember the story correctly. Well, if we're going to go one-hit wonder <laughs> rock songs, I'm going to go Indian Lake by the Cow Sills. That'd be good, too. Although the yeah. Cow Sills did have more than one hit, so maybe they wouldn't qualify. <laughs> Strange. Uh, today is a landmark day, and it really is a landmark day, not like Columbus uh, City Council outlawing tobacco products. I'm going to play a sound from my youth, and y'all tell me if, uh, well, now I had it, now I lost it. Where did it go? Y'all tell me, I used to come home to this sound. I used to race home from school. It's gone. Where in the world did it go? Um, so that I could hear, I don't know why it's not there anymore. Where did it go? What did you do with it, Twitter? It probably was extremist rhetoric they would consider extremist rhetoric it was the opening to the dick van dyke show the unmistakable sounds of the dick van dyke show oh my goodness dick van dyke turns 97 years old today ah oh, bless his 97 heart. years old today that's incredible dick van dyke was asked one time what he wanted people to remember or what he was most proud of in his career and he said he was most proud that every single thing he had ever made could be watched by anyone. True. And you know That's what? very true. That is very true. Mm-hmm. And my in-laws are coming into town tonight. They're flying in from Arizona. And um, I'm hoping we get a little family time during the uh, holidays and we can watch, uh, I don't care, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Mary Poppins. I'd be fine with either one of those. So I, re- I remember seeing Mary Poppins and, and that whole era of movies in the theater Big screen. Really big screen back wow. then. Wow. Big screen. Uh, I saw The Sound of Music in the theater right Yes, now. that too. So yeah. there you go. Dick Van Dyke. Uh, happy 97th birthday to him. And uh, I would imagine he can probably still do things on the dance floor that I wouldn't oh, even yeah. attempt to do without throwing a knee out of joint. Me too. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested last night in the Bahamas. And a lot of people said, good. Was it good that the crypto kid was arrested? We'll uh, discuss next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.